Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Phil Chambers from Hello. What Culture. This is a nice change from those grumpy bastards. Isn't it just review. finally some joy on this bloody podcast? And we are here to review last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. And YouTube. Right. Where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AW Dynamite, but also AW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Phil Chambers to review last night's AEW Dynamite. Do you know where last night's show was from? Philadelphia. Philadelphia, indeed. The Lick Your Ass Center in Philadelphia to be... Br- chorus Center. Huh? Is that what it's called? Okay. Um, a very eventful show. Lots of uh, random appearances, stars on the show. What did you make of the whole thing? It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, highlights. Um, and all the MJF stuff. He's seen everything, really isn't he? really entertaining. Um, and, like, the main event was just a lot of good fun, yeah. really. Yeah, it was a good show. I liked it. Wild to have... Kazuchika Okada, that's his in-ring yeah. AW debut. Oh, Dynamite debut, Dynamite I should debut. say, yeah. Um, just bonkers, that. And then, yeah, uh, a gift I wasn't expecting, let's be honest, to, for, uh, for a sting from Tony Khan. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll get into that. I guess he owns him now. That's, that's <laughs> how that works. There's also the thing of, um, I, I've said uh, before how MJF is obviously the best thing going in AEW right now. And it yep. seems day by day... AEW realizes that more and more because he's he's feuding with about ten different people right now. Yeah, and on a run of doing like two matches on every pay per view. <laughs> he's gone down. He's gone from. Oh, I'm not going to redo this. I'm. Yeah. I'm everywhere. It's like, hang on, Adam Cole. Yeah. Roderick Strong. The kingdom. The entire Bang Bang Gang. Yeah, the kingdom. Samoa Joe. Yeah. Wardlow. Wardlow. Max Caster. The well, the acclaimed. Yeah. There's probably some more I'm forgetting. Probably. He's all over the place. I'll get him going after the trios titles in a bit. <laughs> TNT, all that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, it started the show. I'll dive straight into it with uh, MJF backstage oh, with Rene Paquette calling Adam Cole. He gets a couple of words out about how happy he is that Cole's left that nutter behind and gone and got surgery before we hear, Adam! Enrolls Roderick Strong with uh, Bennett and Taven and uh, Cole rapidly ends the phone call. MJF is like, yep, that's understandable. And Strong says, look, we all know you're the guy who's behind the devil mask, but uh, you know what? I'm going to be a good guy, and uh, me and the guys are going to help you with, with Bullet Club Gold. And I'm like, oh, you're going to help me? You're going to help me, are you? And he wheels Roderick Strong out of shots. Bennett and Taven go after him, and MGF cuts a promo down the lens uh, saying he's going to send Jay White a message tonight in blood. Uh, and with everything that Juice Robinson said about him, he's got a bullet with Juice Robinson's name on it. And tonight in Philadelphia, he's not going to miss. But before we can throw to that opening match, the camera cuts to the hey. devil, who just sort of looks at the screen and then shoves the camera away, basically. Uh, I like the intensity mixed with the 
wackiness of MJF. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, it's basically like MJF kind of doing like an acting showreel all yes. in the space of like two minutes because he goes from, hey, buddy, buddy, with Adam Cole to just being annoyed at Roderick Strong to just flipping on a dime yeah. being super angry at um, Jay White. He goes through all the emotions <laughs> that he can possibly get in there. But he's just great. He's, he's just, just the best, so, like, isn't he? He's so watchable and entertaining. Mm. And, and it's obviously been revealed now that the devil is um, going to be Mustafa Ali because of the uh, hacker. Good gimmick. point. I never considered all, like, that. See, this and then the thing came in. This and then is why we have it you goes. here. It's the hacker's back. Oh, That's I never, I never thought about <laughs> I never thought about that. Um, the, the first match is the, uh, the match for the beautiful diamond ring um, between Juice Robinson and MJF. And MJF, as I mentioned, is, is rather pissed off with, kicking with Juice. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> he uh, immediately chucks his jacket and double legs him and just beats him up. Philly crowd's loving this, of course. They go out to the floor, and MJF just hoys him around all over the place, chucking him into the barricade, chucking him over the timekeeper's table, aware that uh, he uh, was going to get counted out at one point. So he spits water in Robinson's face, slides, sets him up on a chair, slides back into the ring, flips off the ref, uh, goes back out to hit a charging boot to send Robinson into the front row. He posts him with a slingshot and busts Juice Robinson wide open, uh, and he's about to... Stamp him face first on the steps, which like was a decision, um, <laughs> before the guns uh, cause a distraction to allow Juice to come back and send uh, or pull MJF into the steps, hit a DDT onto the apron. That brings out Switchblade Jay White with his his world title. Um, he joins commentary as we go to a break. When we come back, um, or throughout the break, I should say, Juice has been utilizing MJF's scarf on multiple occasions to choke him. When we come back, he goes for it another time, but this time it's MJF doing it. Um, Juice is furious with all this. The scarf's gone. Um, MJF hits him with corner punches, bites his head. There's a horrible shot of MJF with his mouth covered in yep. uh, Signals for and connects with the uh, kangaroo kick. Um, there's also... Bit, I'm not sure if this was the part or, or later. It was before he bit him, I think. If you're talking about him hitting oh, yeah. the head into the turnbuckle. Look great. And then you just can slowly see the bright white <laughs> AW logo just slowly turn red oh. the more he does it. Um, but the guns trip up MJF, and that allows uh, Juice to hit an axe kick for a near fall. Uh, they exchange eye pokes, effectively. Uh, he's more of a rake of the eyes, I suppose, from yeah. Juice Robinson. But they go for the eyes, both of them. Um, Robinson spits in MJF's face. What a spin. Hits the uh, left hand of God, hits a power bomb, but can only get a two count. Uh, MJF comes back with uh, a double stomp whilst Robinson's arms hanging onto the top rope. Juice gets out of the heat seeker, um, and MJF hits a dive onto both guns, who are just causing more interference on the outside. As MJF's climbing back in through the ropes, though, Robinson kicks the middle rope, sort of rope low blow. Looks like it sucked. uh, And hits the juices loose. Jay White is losing his goddamn mind on commentary <laughs> of this. It's only a two count, though. So the guns repeatedly try and get in the ring, or at least get the referee's dis- uh, attention, so that Juice can put on his ring. Um, but MJF puts on the beautiful diamond ring and uh, connects with his punch first, effectively KOing Juice Robinson. Um, but that's not the finish. MJF takes out both guns and hits the heat seeker for the one, two, three. Uh, a fifer in terms of him winning the uh, yeah. diamond ring. I suppose we should. I would normally, if there's like a post match thing, I talk about that and then we'll we'll talk about the whole well, thing. What happens it's after quite, the match? <laughs> <laughs> let's break it up. What are your thoughts on the match first of all? I really enjoyed this yeah. match. Um, just really good, intense TV action brawling kind of thing. I really loved the intensity from MJF, like right from the get go. Yeah, he was like out to get this guy. Um, and it's, then it's weird as well because they haven't. They have to be like with the things you said that we're not going to re- mention again because of <laughs> yeah, the because of connotations reasons, of what we had as well. I'm going to turn you into a bloody pulp. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and yeah, just the it was just kind of pure chaos in mm. like the best possible way in terms of like the interference from the gun club and stuff like that as well. And like you say, Jay White losing his mind not only because like Juice didn't put him away, but when like uh, MJF dove through the ropes onto both the gun club, he was like losing his mind about he can't do that. They're not even in the match, even though like the whole time they've been uh, interfering was, and everything. Yeah, he was also really angry and sort of turned on Shivani because uh, the moment MJF when we came out for commercial was choking Juice with the scarf, he was like, "Well, that's not fair. You're not allowed to do that." And Tony's like, he's literally been doing it to MJF the entire <laughs> yeah. commercial break. I was like the bit when Joey's, uh, Juice Robinson got out of that as well. And then he was like showing the scarf to the referee. I like, what know. are you doing? Like, he's <laughs> in this. 
Um, Juice is great, man. Juice is great. Completely unhinged yeah. <laughs> in yes. the best possible way. Uh, and just it brought out like a side of MJF that we don't really see that often mm. in terms of like just pure anger, aggression, like brawling kind of thing. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. I love me some, and I know he's uh, he's a good guy. Well, he's always been a good guy in my eyes, but he's a, a gooder guy now. Yeah. But I do love, and they had shades of this when it was him and Jericho facing off. Who can out-cheat each other? Yeah, and it's, we're always going to get that. And that's the best side yeah. of this sort of MJF character is he can play with those kind of things that not like no other baby no. face really gets to play with. He's sort of, yeah, he's sort of like when Eddie Guerrero went baby face. Yeah. He can still lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah. Well, we like you for it now. The bit when he was like, uh, when Juice Robinson was putting on the ring and then MJF was on the floor and he was also putting on the ring, the look on his face yes. when he was doing that was like the goofiest thing you can possibly imagine. But it was like, yeah. I've got it a bigger like, and better ring. It was basically like a Disney villain cackle kind of thing of I'm going to do a thing to you. The only way that's better is if he if Juice connects with his ring and it just breaks. <laughs> yeah, MJF's like, it's completely broken. Yep. That's not it. Cubic zirconium. <laughs> uh, so yeah, post-match, yes. the guns obviously immediately dive in and, and beat down MJF. But here come, here come the kind- kingdom to make the save. Uh, effectively, they... Slide in and immediately get knocked back over the top rope whilst Roderick... I thought for a split second the spot was going to be they get knocked out over the... Then and Taven get knocked out over the top rope and Roderick Strong finally rises out of his wheelchair <laughs> to prove that he's fine. But no, he just sat there no, sat holding there. a giraffe. Um, Jay White joins the beat down and here comes the acclaimed and daddy ass to uh, to make the save. They bail uh, and Jay White cuts a promo whilst Juice Robinson is just crawling around on the stage uh, saying, look, forget everything that's happened. Forget your bloody devil. Forget all your stupid mates and all that sort of thing. I am going to pummel your face into the ground um, at full gear and you're going to bl- breathe with the switchblade. Uh, Colton Gunn issues a challenge for the ROH tag titles of full gear. So yeah, MJF's going to be doing double duty. Um, Austin Gunn cuts a promo and goes to do the catchphrase when MJF just tells the ass boys to shut the hell up. He says, look, you want the, the tag match? You got it. Um, but I'm not waiting for full gear to get my hands on uh, Jay White's dollar store Jack Sparrow looking ass. Yep. Um, <laughs> he wants a match next week, 4v4, um, them four versus him and three partners of his choosing, uh, and he's going to get the triple B back. And then you hear, Max! 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 <laughs> and uh, Max says, Roddy, I'm, I'm literally right here. You don't, need to, you don't need to yell into the mic. You don't need to yell at all, really. Uh, and he's like, well, you're going to pick us, right? And he says... Mid Mike and Mid Matt can get on Roddy the Simp Strong's wheelchair and roll off a cliff, you bland bitch. Oh, cool. So they're all dead. Um, <laughs> That's the end of you. So Max Caster's like, wait a second, does that mean you pick us? And MJF's like, get away from me, first of all. Uh, I've known you since I was 18, Max. A lot of Max is in here. Max Caster. Yeah. Uh, and you think I want to tag with you. I don't like you. I've never liked you. I wouldn't tag with you if I was on fire and tagging with you is the only way to put the fire out. <laughs> and Max's response was, Max Caster, so you're telling me there's a chance. Doesn't even make sense. No. Nope. He didn't give them a chance. No. There was no chance in there at all. It was like the only way I would tag if I was on fire. That's, yeah. that's a chance. But no, he didn't word it that way. <laughs> even <laughs> even if it was that, said, I still wouldn't no tag. chance. Uh, so there's a chance. <laughs> Bowen is like, <laughs> Max, Max Caster, what the hell are you doing? And MJF, shut up, because everyone loves the acclaimed. Uh, and Caster wants one favor before MJF leaves. Scissor me. No, he shuts the scissors and he leaves. Uh, but before he can leave properly, here comes Kenny Omega. This obviously gets a holy sh- chance. Yep. Um, and he tells Max, tells MJF. <laughs> Complicating things for myself here. Tells MJF, I know you got a lot going on. You're telling me, Kenny. Uh, I'll cut to the chase. You've got something I want, but I've got something that you want as well. Um, the title's not around your waist. <laughs> he sort of alludes yeah. to, basically. Um, he says, look, I know I might not have a right to ask. Uh, I know you're a scumbag, so you'll probably tell me to take a hike. But nowadays, you're their scumbag. And if you're the ch- champion that I think you actually want to be, maybe you'll hear me out. I want the belt. I want, I deserve, I reserve the right to defend my streak. Uh, And if you are truly better than me and you know it, don't be afraid to show it. Because you're a poet and you know it. (laughs) And MJF says, 
Okay. The Cleaner versus the Devil. This Saturday, AEW Collision for the title. Make the best man win. They both do their catchphrases. Uh, and Kenny has the final word, pulling MJF in and telling him, whispering in his ear, three days, bitch. Great stuff, this. Yeah, ludicrous. This is like Attitude Era levels of just pure chaos, of just stuff happening and people running in. And you're like, what's next? What the hell is coming up? We've gone from, you. sorry to interrupt you, we've gone from, well, you can't possibly advertise this person as fighting for the title because they're also a heel or they're also this type of character. Yeah. And that kind of spoils this title match that we already know is going to happen. Two is five people who probably MJF's going to have to fight next. Okay. Yeah, setting up a world title match, a yep. Ring of Honor tag team title yep. match, and a three on three. Uh, four on four. Four on four match. Yeah. All in the process of like nine minutes. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know how you write this. Like, how do you start? Like, I know, let's beat this out. And let's go da, 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 da. How do you get to all those points? And also, I don't and know. It all make, kind of makes sense. Like, how, yeah, obviously Kenny Omega would want one final shot of stopping him yeah. breaking his streak. Yeah, and then if you throw in what happened with Samoa, Samoa Joe later, then you're adding even more matches into this one little storyline. And I should mention immediately after this, a vignette for Wardlow as <laughs> he's talking about how he was sent into a dark place. He was at home nursing injuries. He was recovering. He was off telly. Um, and MJF's becoming the face of AEW and everyone loves him. Um, and he watched him, you know, main event, the biggest show in wrestling as world champion. There's nothing left that he can take from me, but I'm going to take everything from MJF. So there's another one to add to the there's list. There's another one. It's all happening. And I, I also, I don't know how long this has been like creeping up for, but like in terms of, like I mentioned, attitude here, just pure chaos of the things. Like in terms of like that late 90s WWE, I think we went through 10 catchphrases in nine minutes. <laughs> yeah. I counted it. I was like, where have these all come from? Like everybody has something. And it was every one of the promos was in order to enable them to do their catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it was just like the like the rock and like Chris Jericho going at it like back oh. in the day of just, you're just waiting for the next catchphrase, the next thing, the next thing. And they've kind of just somehow everybody has one now. Um, I did count just um, Roderick Strong just saying someone's name, just going, Max, Max, as a catchphrase. He's got a t-shirt now, just yeah, the word Adam written on it, doesn't he? So, yeah, it's yeah. just pure chaos. It's just, it's set up so much in the future. MJF is surrounding so many different storylines within AEW, yeah. which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, and it's just, it was just really entertaining. Just nuts, but so entertaining. <laughs> uh, right. That's not the last we'll see of MJF, by the way. We'll, as we will say, we'll circle back to that in a bit. Uh, because now it's time for, speaking of Attitude Era, Rob Van Dam versus, uh, sorry, Rob Van Dam and FTW champion Hook versus John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Hey, we are in Philadelphia. I'll allow it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Alex Reynolds, what are you thinking? <laughs> what was the conversation that went on backstage? Right, John, we're going to go out there. We're facing an absolute legend in, in uh, Rob Van Dam and the son of Taz, mm -hmm. who just kicks everybody's ass. I want to trash talk him to start the match. <laughs> Immediately gets taken down. RVD comes in along with John Silver. RVD does the monkey flip and the double clothesline. Sends him outside. We go to break. When we come back, RVD's nailing kicks. Hits a rolling thunder. That was nice. Uh, Reynolds saves Silver, though. Um, and then they just are allowed to double team, I suppose. Yep. RVD fights them off. Uh, I think there's some crossface shots in there because Hook comes in at one point. He's like, this is how you do crossface shots, boys. Uh, it all breaks down. Evil Uno's out there as well, I should say. He jumps in with a chair, but RVD hits him with a Van Daminator. Reynolds gets planted with a five-star frog splash and Hook puts him in the red room for the submission. Sorry, puts Silver in the red room for the submission victory. A nice, fun match in Philly, like you say. Yeah, absolutely. It was just kind of the greatest hits of Hook and RVD, and that's kind of all the match like needed to be, really. Yeah. You get the big pop for RVD, Hook gets over with him. Um, really good fun. My one issue with this is kind of one of my larger issues surrounding AEW in general, in that if, you're, if you just watch Dynamite week to week, that's like all the AEW product you watch, when the hell did the Dark Order turn heel? Yeah. Because like it, it happened on Ring of Honor and being the elite. Of course. And it's not been recapped. It's not been mentioned by the commentators <laughs> in any way. Like there's been no storyline like aspect that's happened on Dynamite since 
like back when uh, Hangman Page still wasn't back with the Elite. Yeah. That, that was like the last time this was happening. And so if you've got eyes just going in of like the last time they saw the Dark Order, they were like best pals with Hangman Page. And now all of a sudden... John Silver was just this lovable guy who yeah. fires up and yeah. And now all of a sudden they've gone full heel to the point where Evil is running in with a chair to try and cheat a victory off Rob Van Dam and Hook. It's like, well, where the hell has this come from? <laughs> like just the slightest bit of exposition yeah. somewhere. The commentators saying what's happened on Ring of Honor and being the elite, like a, like a 30 second video mm. before the match explaining things. Just anything to <laughs> let you know what has happened, and there's absolutely nothing. And it happens quite a lot in AEW when, like, if it's uh, it's probably a little bit different with things happening on Collision because at least it's like a more watched TV mm. show than Ring of Honor and being the elite. But like, you'll still get things that'll happen on Collision, and like, we'll be going on for like a month storyline, and then all of a sudden it'll cross over to Dynamite. And then, you, like, if you're just watching Dynamite, well, so you're viewing like, things the aren't the same, are they? You're right. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same audience. It's like saying, week. oh, this big thing happened on Rampage. Did exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. It's like if you just watch Dynamite every week, you'll have no idea that Santana and Ortiz are feuding. <laughs> I'm really angry about that, by the way. I'm really upset about that because I've seen bits of it on socials. Uh, obviously, people sharing stuff from Rampage. And I'm like, okay, you don't want to do this on Dynamite. No. That's fine. You literally have a secondary show on a Saturday night that this seems perfect for. And you've yeah. hidden it away on effectively AEW Dark. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and like I know there's a fine line between what AEW do, which is absolutely nothing, and what WWE do, which is yeah. arguably way too many recaps. Overkill, yeah. Like, slight overkill of ramming it down your face about what happened 15 minutes ago, <laughs> let alone something that happened on a different show. Um, but th so there's definitely a fine line in there somewhere, but they need something to yeah, overlap. Some, yeah. And it's not just to sort of keep people informed as to what storylines are going on, and it's to, like, advertise these other shows of, like, Santana and Ortiz are having this amazing feud. Maybe you should go watch Rampage. Like, Miro is doing stuff over on Collision. Yeah. Maybe you should go watch that. Like, there's no talk of that on any of the shows to get eyes over to the other shows, and it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, sometimes I think about, should I allude when we do, like, the Dynamite Preview pod, what called Dressing Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, of course. Um, when, when we're talking about Dynamite, I'm like, should I allude to something that happened on Collision? I was like, that's going to have no bearing on anything that happens on Wednesday yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. You might get a little bit the other way. And that's not terrible. Like, that's fine if, like, the Collision storylines are the Collision storylines and the Dynamite storylines are the Dynamite storylines. But as soon as things cross over, then you're just causing your own audience to be a bit confused. <laughs> and if they're good storylines, Santana and Ortiz, maybe put them on TV shows that exactly, people actually yeah. watch. Like, yeah. Like Athena. No one's going Athena back to Rampage. I'm never going back to Rampage. Yeah. Unless they put like big world title matches on there. And even then, I'd think, well, the title's probably not going to change hands. You might as well get more chance of a title changing hands at Battle of the Sodding Belts. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, Tony Storm does her movie thing. Yep. But now Luther's her butler? Obviously. I mean, ah? that's the natural choice, right? Surely. <laughs> I also liked, oh, damn it, AEW sometimes gets in its own way. Luther's a butler, whatever. Yep. They're doing the picture-in-picture picture thing. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to have a go. I've finally worked out that, that I'm watching it on fight. That's in picture-in-picture, picture, Adam. Because I watched it the first time I saw it was when they did the Tuesday Night War against NXT. And I was like, this is going on like a real time, <laughs> a real long time for a silent movie. And you're going up against like Cena and Taker on the other channel. But then I yeah, realized, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, Excalibur says, well, that was a movie. Um, and... Tony is going to be getting the women's world title shot full gear, yep. means, meaning she will face the winner of tonight's women's world title match between Hikaru Shida and Ruby Soho. No, she's not, because there's another title match, isn't there? <laughs> there's another one happening, literally on collision. What is going <laughs> on? Even they don't know what's going on between the different shows. <laughs> like, the champion that Tony Storm faces could be neither of Hikaru Shida and Ruby Soho. It could be Abaddon, for example, because <laughs> they've got a title Qualifier, a four-way on, on ramp. Tony Khan's got a big surprise for Sting. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, oh, boy. Tony Schiavone welcomes Darby Allen and Sting to the ring. Uh, obviously, Darby Allen's got his arm in a sling because of uh, previous attacks by Christine Cage and trying to flip a children's bicycle at Nitro Circus or whatever it was. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> Sting, thanks, Philadelphia, uh, and the fans for all the memories. Uh, thanks, Darby Allen, for being the best tag team partner he's ever had. He's like, ooh, maybe you're thinking that's a bit controversial, but here's what it is. And he thanks Tony Khan for making a phone call four years ago to give me a chance to go out on my own terms. I did like the fact that he was 
seemingly rattling on a little bit. So Tony Schiavone's like, come on, come on, come on. And he's like, and now Tony wants the microphone, which pops the commentary, pops me, to be fair. Uh, Tony Schiavone says, uh, he's speaking on behalf of Tony Khan, um, and he says, I want to thank you for what you've meant to AEW. You know, you arrived early 2021. Your final match is going to be at Revolution 2024. Um, we're proud to be a part of your great career. 35 years ago, you put TBS, uh, uh, you put TBS on the map. You put pro wrestling on the map. Um, and, uh, you know, thrilled to be a part of all this. You're an icon. We've talked about it all week. Tony has a special gift, and that gift is... Rick bloody Flair. <laughs> what? I get it with Sting. Yeah. I don't quite get going after Vince McMahon for sexual assault allegations and then saying, anyway, enough of all that. Here's Rick Flair. Pointing out that AEW will never hire Hulk Hogan because of these reasons. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's nice for Sting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Flair says... There are moments uh, in the li- in life that are magical, few and far between. Chemistry, the magic of the chemistry of what you do, making you the best. 35 years ago, he and Sting made history on TBS. Talks about the first clash of champions going up against WrestleMania. Um, talks about them going 55 minutes in a match. Uh, back then, all tonight is hard, and yet Sting never took a deep breath. He lived up to his potential. He's not only one of the greatest wrestlers, biggest celebrities, he's also one of the nicest guys he's ever known. Uh, and when he got the invitation from Tony to come be a part of this, he wanted to be here all the way till March. So if Sting's going to have him, Rick wants to ride it out with him. Close. Okay. Ride those coattails, Sting. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they trade some woos. Uh, Rick chops, some chops. Rick yeah. chops Sting. And then here comes Christian Cage to sort everything out. To fix everything. Ruin all the fun. <laughs> He's flanked by uh, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne, of course. And he says... Wow, uh, Tony Khan's a billionaire, and this is the g- gift he gives you, Sting? He basically gave you a suit, some gold chains, and a black liver. Congrats. Perfect. So many good lines in yep. here from uh, Christian Cage. Cage. Is very good in this. Um, this was the best part. Ah, oh, it's great to see you walking around, Rick. You look fantastic. <laughs> this doesn't feel like Weekend at Bernie's at all. Crowd's like, ooh. He's like, hey, calm down. Look, I know Rick's not dead. I also know there's no God, because if there was, Rick Flair would be dead 20 years ago. Huge babyface term from Christian Cage. This. <laughs> the Philly crowd didn't know. They were trying to F you, Christian. Um, as if that wasn't bad enough, he takes a shot of the Philly, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Classic. And uh, says, look, you know, last week, Sting and Darby stuck, stuck their noses in my business yet again. How's your arm, by the way, Darby? Uh, I want to give you one more chance. It's obvious that this isn't going to go away until I make it go away. So I've got a proposition. Uh, you've got this beautiful dream sting of making it to revolution, but I want you gone right now. Uh, there's three of us, and there's, well, once <laughs> Rick is one super kick away from his pacemaker giving out, but who knows? At full gear, Sting, Darby, get yourself a partner, and we can you. Calls through his music, but before that happens, Sting says, Whoa, wait a second, would you? He apologizes and says, I'm allergic to jackasses, but he accepts the challenge. Yeah. So here it is, Ric Flair in AEW. Ric Flair's all elite? I huh? guess the whole dark side of the ring thing has uh, worn off now. It's and It's mad fine. how f- fast, I mean, it's wrestling, and I know this, yeah. this isn't exactly the first time this has happened, but how yeah. fast people go, ah, that was ages ago. It's Tony's been after Ric Flair for a while. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it wasn't like confirmed or set in stone or anything, but there was lots and lots and lots of rumors that he was going to be coming in uh, to do stuff with Andrade. Like yes. Right before the Dark Side of the so Ring. And then they went, uh, uh, Vicky Guerrero. Yeah. And then the Dark Side of the Ring episode aired, and then you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> so he's been on the back burner there for quite a while. And I guess Tony just thinks enough time has passed and people have forgotten, I suppose. Yeah. It, I'll be honest. It wasn't the surprise we were pitching on the preview yesterday. <laughs> what were you pitching on the preview? I Googled uh, things to buy a 60-something-year-old man, and we just... I think we found some nice memory foam slippers. <laughs> um, That'd be nice. I just, yeah. Get some embroidered scorpions on them. Ah, uh, just, I... The I most think the, if you, thing is, it's not like, you know, um, how can, what's the best way of doing It's not like Jericho or, uh, or MJF or someone else was tweeting about Vince's allegations. <laughs> and yeah. then this happened, you're like, oh, that's kind of going to cut it. Tony would have totally known... Fine. That this was coming. And I'm not saying don't call out Vince McMahon. Obviously, he's an old git who deserves everything he gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
you kind of undercut yourself completely by doing this, haven't and you? And have your cake and eat it too, Tony. Mm. I mean, the most egregious thing about this, say what you will about Ric Flair and everything, is that he didn't come out of a goddamn cake. He's <laughs> <laughs> right there, like either a giant present or a cake or something, and then they could have pushed Christian Cage's face into the cake and it would have been hilarious. I've got a Mr. Burns coming out of Smithers' cake image <laughs> in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair and his stupid face. <laughs> uh, not yeah, the, not the, the surprise trick. I was expecting. But uh, you get another present next week, and then that will be the slippers. More presents. More presents. A present every, every week. week. <laughs> it's that the 12 would, days of Sting. I'd be into that. <laughs> Just the game of, of what's, what on earth is the billionaire going to get him now? Also, what do you buy? What does Sting buy him back as a thank you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you get the billionaire? Well, I don't know. A pay-per-view buy rate. I'll tell you what he could get him. Oh. Well, he might not be able to very soon. And that's tickets to our live hey. show. Segways for uh, The Dadly Boys on tour. The What Culture podcast live. It goes down Tuesday, November 21st at the Mosaic Tap in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. And you really need to hurry if you want to get tickets for that. Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. Because, Phil Chambers. Hello. Do you know how many tickets we've got left? I don't know. Three tickets, bitch. <laughs> Three tickets! Three! Three bloody tickets! And if you're watching this later, maybe less. <laughs> Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. There's even a chance you can get you a very exclusive t-shirt as well that goes with it to uh, prove you that you are one of a very exclusive few. It's purple. To celebrate three tickets. Three tickets. Uh, the three, three tickets sound. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Get the tickets soon. Like yeah. Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. Yeah. If you want to come to that. Uh, moving on. Renee Paquette is backstage with Chris Jericho. The madness keeps coming, if I read this right. And I don't know if I have or I haven't, but social media seems to suggest I may have. Renee Paquette is backstage with Chris Jericho. Uh, obviously, medical update. He got his ass handed to him by Powerhouse Hobbs. He destroyed him. He pinned him with a knee to the face, obviously, uh, just a few weeks back. And Jericho can't remember being beaten down that badly in his career. What hurts the most is his ego. Well, he's had a few few weeks to recover. Now it would be his ego. Back then, (laughs) it was probably every part of his old body. Um, (laughs) And basically, he says, I don't know whether after that, it's kind of time to hang it up Um, or time to get even stronger and get revenge. Which one's he going to go for? <laughs> uh, he talks about Don Callis' big family, um, but uh, Jericho's got friends as well. Bigger even than Will Hobbs, maybe it's time to give them a call. Phil Chambers. Will! Are we getting Jericho in AEW? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> what? I was trying to go through this on the news this morning, like, who's bigger than Will Hobbs? And it's... Big Bill's a baddie like and an aligned with Ricky Starks. Yeah. Like an old friend that's bigger than Will Hobbs. So it's just, it's just a big Goldberg, I suppose. Paul, old Paulie White. Mark Henry Goldberg is there as well, I suppose. Maybe, he's not really his friend, is he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jericho and Goldberg, they go <laughs> yeah. way back. <laughs> Best buds all that history. I just, I can't Maybe think. Maybe the nostalgia's there for, for Jerry's show. Some, someone somewhere <laughs> got Michael into Hamlet wrestling is, because of Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great Carly. Great Carly. He's the latest major jump from yeah. WWE. <laughs> it is weird that when you chat to people and they go like, man, I still remember growing up watching Orton and Cena and all like, oh, you poor things. Someone, someone got into wrestling in that era. And someone that out there is a big fan of Jerry Show. Garrett. If you are, let us yes. know in the comments down Garrett below Morgan. if you're a big fan of Jerry Show. <laughs> 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 Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, right, tag time. Uh, tag title match even now. Uh, the six-man tag titles from ROH. It was the, uh, the Hung Bucks, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson and Hangman Adam Page versus... Ooh, the Hardy Boys. Can I do my Jeff Hardy entrance impression? Go on. <laughs> that's, that's about it. I tell you what, you not looking energetic these days. No. Um, <laughs> thankfully, his brother makes up for it in his in-ring work. Oh no! Wait a second. Um, I did. Do you know when uh, you know Paul Isaiah Cassidy makes up for yeah. his in-ring work? Paul Jesus Christ. Brother Zay bumping all over the place. Yeah. Fair play to him. Uh, I had a real like. Oh, yeah, I remember when Brother Zay did the high... Uh, also, oh, that was the thing, <laughs> yeah, wasn't that it? Was thing. And they disappeared. Yeah. Well, I'm complaining. Uh, not, but I miss Brother Zay. Um, um, <laughs> everyone else. Um, I, yeah, this was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was the Young Bucks and Hangman <laughs> Page and Isaiah Cassidy having a wrestling match while the Hardys were also there. Yeah, I've written here, a fast opening sequence, which... Y- Makes sense because Brothers A started the match. <laughs> uh, well, at least, or at least he got double teamed early on in the match by the uh, the books. Page makes the tag. Matt Hardy comes in and slaps the taste out of his mouth. Hey, we had a game yesterday, guessing how long it would take before he did the delete thing, and he held off quite a long time on here. Did he not do it in his entrance? Yeah, we wouldn't count the entrance. He's gonna. Okay. He. <laughs> he. Uh, he <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You've ruined everything. I've broken it by doing it fast, too fast. <laughs> he, uh, he, we, uh, what was it? Citric said he almost, almost, he almost dislocates his elbow every time he makes his entrance, trying to get it over, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt Hardy comes in, slaps Page. Obviously, they've got history. Didn't he take some of his earnings at some point in a stupid, bloody storyline? Yeah, I don't know. He's That's done a lot of stupid, dumb. bloody storylines. Uh, get into a, get into it. All of the all six of them basically. Jeff blindsides Matt Jackson with a knee. Matt Hardy hits a side effect. A brother Zay takes Nick and Paige outside, and uh, and then Matt and Zay uh, mock the boxers' pose to take us to picture in picture. When we come back, Matt Jackson comes back with a northern a stereo Northern Light suplexes on Matt and Zay. Um, Paige makes the hot tag, runs wild, fall away slam on Zay, slingshot crossbody on Matt outside. Uh, Zay got hit with a beautiful, horrible, depending on how you. Judge it. A nasty-looking Death Valley driver. He kicks out. Um, he's about to get hit with a dead eye. Jeff makes the save uh, and does the silly string that, that Private Party obviously used yep. to do. Um, there's a super kick party, but then Jeff kicks Matt. Uh, this is more confusion. Jeff kicks Matt Jackson. There's a twist of fate to Matt Jackson. Uh, Zay flies over Matt onto Hangman uh yeah, onto Hangman and Jeff, I think, were brawling on the outside. Matt hit a twist of fate, and uh, Jeff hit a, those brutal-looking swantons. Yep. Uh, Swanton bomb for a two-count. Nick dives in to break it all up. Matt sends Nick out. Matt grabs Hangman. Uh, Matt Jackson comes in. There's a, a counter of a twist of fate. A book shot, uh, Lariat, to Zay. Super kick to both Hardys, and the BTE uh, trigger on Zay. One, two, three. The Hung Bucks retain the six-man t- or the whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah six-man titles yeah. in ROH. Yeah. I was going to say trios. That's the other one. So too many bloody belts. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, I guess. It was a match. It was it a was means exactly, to an end to yeah. get everyone in the ring for what was about to happen, which was far more memorable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it was just the Young Bucks doing Young Bucks shtick with yeah. Isaiah Custody. And then, like I say, the Hardys were also there. I don't know. I don't know what else I can say about it. It was fine. The WCPW counter on that one. Ooh, quite high. Young Bucks. Did we, uh, we had Matt we Hardy had doing... Hang on page. We had Matt Hardy. Uh, yeah. 50-50. Yeah. You're welcome. I'll take it. You're welcome, AW. Uh, um, 
along with your world champion who's doing everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the only thing I'll remember really from this week regarding these guys is, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, what Swerve was up to. Because there was a home invasion angle. Yeah, he was. Um, nice line from Swerve. They break in. Nana's obviously loving this. They break in and Swerve walks in and says, whose house? Nice. Obviously. Um, Nana found some chocolate covered strawberries. <laughs> he was, it was the best. It was the highlight of the night for him. <laughs> All right, yeah, awesome. yeah. Rip up his kids' photos and uh, threaten his small child in a crib. But uh, never mind that. What about these chocolate covered berries? <laughs> um, so Swerve, yeah, takes some art off the fridge, says, got no taste, <laughs> rips it apart. With bad art, to be fair. His <laughs> <laughs> children have no talent. He sits down, he looks at a children's book, and then he hears a noise and takes his camera. And Prince is like, even Prince Nana was like, uh, what are we doing here? Swerve, I don't like this idea. Um, but he puts it down, and I'm like, oh, boy. I like the fact that Hangman Page ran out. Like, you're not going to make it home. And I get already it. there. I get <laughs> it. There, it's kind of, you damn if you do, damn if you don't. If you just freeze in the ring to yeah. react to it, people are like, what are you doing? But this isn't like, you know, oh, my God, this is all happening in my locker room. I better go and get, like, but, yeah. it was going to run all the way home. I'll save should, you. That should be collision. <laughs> He's halfway there. That's where I was like, I've gone. I'm, it's over, mate. Yeah. So he sets up this camera. You can see the cribs there, and uh, not hang on, not um, Hamlet's cribs. The the, the, <laughs> crib. the good cribs. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says, "Look, I told you last week. It's not just you who pays for your actions. It's the ones you love. Um, you need to pay your debt. Will it be Hangman Junior?" And I was like, "I love this heel character, Swerve, but what on earth are you about to do?" Uh, but thankfully, he doesn't do anything to Hangman Junior. He, he, simp- he simply yeah presents him with a, a shirt. Um, Better gift than Tony Khan's. <laughs> he says the kid's for, forever indebted to him, and it's his father's fault. He'll never forget, and neither, with pa- no, neither will Paige's kid, and he leaves the shirt in the crib as Nana's like, should we maybe leave from this deeply criminal act that we're doing right yeah. now? And filming uh, and putting on live TV. Incredible heat, though. Brave. Yeah, but he didn't. He, he, he uh, basically threatened to cut off a man's fingers when he's feuding with the acclaimed, so it's yeah, fine. It seems like they can get away with anything. Uh, my main question is, why is Hangman Page leaving his child alone in his house? Just look after himself. You'll be fine in the crib. He can't get out. What's he going to do? He'll be fine. He's got the chocolate strawberries <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> he can feed himself. <laughs> like, there was no one else there. Good point. I didn't think about that. Surely they heard him. They, they, I, they weren't quiet when they came in that house. I, uh, I posited this to Anna Louise as I was watching this in bed this morning. About leaving the child alone. Uh, not that part. <laughs> I said... Um, Check, out, check this out, Anne Louise. Swerve, who she knows a bit about, because obviously we met him at Wale Mania, yeah. of course. Lovely man at the time. <laughs> um, and I said, check this out. Um, he's invaded this bloke's house and is hovering over his child's crib. What would you do if someone did that to Eric? And uh, yeah, this is going to get the appropriate heat if Anne Louise's reaction is <laughs> to go by. <laughs> Renee Baguette's backstage uh, with Adam Copeland, and he's talking about, you know, uh, whatever. I'm still not going to fight Christian. I'll bet he does eventually. I'll bet he does. Because uh, Darby Allen. Especially after this pep talk. Mm, Darby Allen Sting come in, and uh, they're like, yeah, 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 meh, 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 end your career, right off into the sunset with Christian. But <laughs> he's not the same guy that you think he is, and you're not watching the television. <laughs> uh, and he's, Copeland tries to sort of stop Allen, and Sting's like, no, you shut up, actually. You've got blinders on, you bellend. <laughs> I learned from, like, Rick Flair, I think he mentioned Luger in there as well, the dirtiest player in the game, and Lex Luger as well. You know, it's fair. If you're going to learn from anyone's mistakes, Sting saying don't trust everyone yep. is a very valid point fair. from history. Um, he says you should see through people like Christian Cage. Listen to me. Open your sodding eyes before it's too late. We go way back don't mess this all up now. Get with it. And he just walks off. I thought, jeez. Oh, but it was all he was all saying just I mean, in terms of what the points that he was making, what Sting said, I suppose you could say And I mean <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Yeah. It's I, I mean, if we're gonna end up with Adam Copeland, Sting and Darby Allen versus uh Christian Cage, Luchasaurus. And what's his name? Nick Wayne, Nick the Wayne. one who got his tooth knocked out. <laughs> I mean, I'm game for that. That's some stupid fun nonsense that'll come out at the end of this. Uh, get Adam Copeland to tag team with Sting. That's a weird thing that I don't think I ever 
expected to see in my yeah. life ever. Um, but I think he's, he's right. Alan Copeland needed a little bit of a reality check, yeah. I'd say, about what's going on with Christian Cage. He did tell him, go F yourself. <laughs> yeah. The first opportunity he got, basically. Yeah, it didn't take him long, really. Was it, it wasn't like, ah, I think I can win this guy over. <laughs> <laughs> have to wait and see. I mean, Hamford brought this up in the office downstairs earlier in terms of the normalization of Adam Copeland on AEW TV, which I thought was a good point in that, like, does he feel that special already? Like, I know it's still early days and you can bring it back for, like, special matches and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Like, he doesn't feel like the huge deal that Edge, WWE's Edge Mm. in AEW should feel like. Yeah. I don't know what... But I don't what's know co- what's been the catalyst yeah. for this. It's just the. Uh, I don't. I. He's, he's, it's a valid point. Check it out. Whatculture.com uh, for his ups and downs article on AW Dynamite. Um, but yeah, I think there is some validity to that statement. I've no doubt that they will have shifted loads of tickets, obviously, for the upcoming shows that he's going to be there. And, and like yeah. you say, that wild six man potentially yeah. is huge. And the first sort of possible face to face of Chris. Christian Cage and Adam Copeland in a ring. Yeah. Whether Adam Copeland still refuses to wrestle him, he can just tag himself back out, and then he kind of gets forced into doing it at some point during the match. It's going to be fun. But yeah, I don't... But it I, just doesn't feel special. Especially they've got a hot new young talent like Ric Flair coming in now, so... <laughs> <laughs> it also means we're rejoining um, the police and you two together in a, in a match, finally. And something we've always been waiting for, Sting and Edge. <laughs> yes! Get it in the sphere. <laughs> How long have you been waiting on that one, Joe? Uh, I gave up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as I said, if you want to know uh, more of Hamlet's thoughts, just timing stuff today. Just tweet at him. You can tweet at him at Michael <laughs> Hamlet, or you can read it at whatculture.com uh, for his ups and downs article. And I'll tell you what, if you like reading about AEW, Michael Sidgwick, uh, uh, why don't you check out Michael Sidgwick's book, Becoming All Elites, The Rise of AEW, 120,000 passionate and insightful words on the... Uh, the Is every single one of them passionate and exciting? That's what I've been told. <laughs> and it's available if you live in the world, everywhere, on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm annoyed Sidgy's in here now as well because, um, let me just check, sorry, Phil, this is very unprofessional. I'm just going to check through my notes here. Yes, yeah, the only women's match on the show. <laughs> and it's just before the main event. Who'd have thought it? Who knew? And it, we'd have probably, we had a good chance. We normally guessed there was a, a long time. They tried to change it up a little bit. They cheated a little bit. Yeah. They tried once to do, well, you get a women's match and an intergender match. So that's one and a half. And they've tried occasionally putting it in the first hour, but this was back to the good old days. Co-main, sort of, the bit before the main event, effectively. One hour, twenty. hang on, I'm going to check it out because uh, (laughs) we have people who usually take care of the... um, um, Thanks uh, for this sort of thing. Uh, At Adam Wilson 4, Adam Blair on Twitter, and Jose Palomares at the Ho 11. Yep. One hour, 24 minutes, 33 seconds. We'd have had a chance this Good. week with that one. Um, but yeah, uh, it was Hikaru Shida defending the AW Wins title against Ruby Soho. I stupidly suggested that there might be a title change here. <laughs> because how many times is Ruby Soho going to challenge for a title and fail? All of them, apparently. You pointed out something as well that I hadn't noticed. I thought you were talking about you were going to say about her hair changing. Yeah. But... Um, like, I don't know if this is just me not paying attention, but when did Ruby Soho lose Rancid as a theme music? When did that happen? Is was that it part new? of the outcast? Have I just not been paying yeah. attention? You like, point out, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, back and forth early on, a uh, unique-looking crossbody out of the corner from Hikaru Shida. It was definitely unique. It connected... To something. <laughs> Some part of her body her hit. toes, maybe? Ruby Soho's <laughs> body, yeah. Uh, Soho f- uh, fought back, but Sheeta got the uh, uh, corner punches. Missile drop kick. Soho bails to the outside, but she pulls Sheeta off the apron into a no-future kick uh, to take over as we go to a break. When we come back, back and forth, slugfest. Uh, Sheeta puts her in a torture rack and hits a sliding, back, uh, sliding elbow for a two-count. Soho rips off the middle turnbuckle pad. Uh, whilst Aubrey distracts herself with that, Soho does the old Eddie Guerrero spot. She grabs the spray paint can, sprays it a bit in the air, and then chucks it to Sheeta and sells like she's been the one who sprayed. In amongst all this, <laughs> yep. as Aubrey takes the spray can now, no, that doesn't happen. 
Aubrey was busying herself, I think, again with the turnbuckle. Yeah. Because she can't have been busying herself with the spray can because Soho grabbed the women's title, goes to Glom Sheeda, but Sheeda sprays the title. Yeah. For some reason, Sheeda's upset with this. Because her title got ruined. Well, I mean, wash I off. It's, spray, <laughs> it's the crappy can of spray paint. Spray paint. It'll come off. Have you ever seen the NWO that never washed off? Soho chokes Sheeda, hits destination unknown, and for a split second, I genuinely thought, oh, huh? The title's changing hands. And the moment she kicked out of Destination Unknown, I went, I oh, know. <laughs> We're back. So uh, the referee just watched Soho try and hoist <laughs> Sheeda into an exposed turnbuckle. Yeah. Just let that happen nowadays, do we? Uh, Soho hit no future, but as Sheeda was falling backwards, she somehow hit the katana knee for a two count. Soho uh, goes for no future again. Sheeda avoids it, hits her with the knee. They trade some falls and... Sheeda kicks Soho into the exposed buckle. It's another knee. One, two, three. Post-match, out comes Luther and Tony Storm <laughs> to pose with the crowd and then go, well, that's Sheeda's next opponent. No, it's not Excalibur. <laughs> but anyway, thoughts on the match? I mean, I don't want to shoot on the only women's match on the card. It wasn't great, was it? But it wasn't great. Something didn't click from quite early on. Um, and whoever came up with the Eddie Guerrero spot, that wasn't good. Is it, it, it was too much, wasn't it? It was way too much. It was. I know we've done a lot of the spray the spots. easiest Eddie Guerrero spot in the history of the world ever to disprove, because the idea was that she sprayed the spray paint in her face, so you would have seen the spray paint in her face. Also, there wasn't any. Did the, would the title have changed hands on a disqualification? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's even more dumb. Didn't even think about that. I was too deep in other dumb to be <laughs> thinking about this dumb. And then, all, like, all, I'm sure all the referee was... The only thought process is, no, the ref won't throw that out because anything gets, gets... You get away with loads of bollocks in AEW. Yeah. So I'm going to fake spray <laughs> to take the ref to, to busy herself after I've done the turnbuckle thing. Yeah. And then I'm going to glom her with the title. Yeah. But she's going to have spray paint in her hand as I do that. Because I've just given it to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then, okay. like, even if the referee didn't see the actual spray, she definitely saw the aftermath of the title and spray situation. Mm. <laughs> like, I'd, yeah, I don't know. It Maybe was a that, mess. I tell her, like, you know I said, oh, well, she was just going to slam Sheeta in an exposed turnbuckle and the ref was just going to let it happen. Maybe she thought, well, she didn't DQ her for spraying me in the face. So. Yeah, so we can get away with anything now. I don't know. It wasn't good. I didn't... It does feel, I, you know, the women's uh, scene in AEW, and it's not much better on the main roster in WWE. It is in NXT. They're like five oh, women's yeah. matches <laughs> went on Halloween Havoc. <laughs> but uh, it does not feel like an afterthought. And I, I, I joke about them putting another women's title match, obviously, with the four-way on Rampage and then the other. It does feel like they went, oh, we've put a men's title match on Collision. Feels a bit unfair if we don't, you know, if we just yeah. put a, I don't know, a squash match for Tony Storm on there. So let's put a women's title match on there. I guess. With a few other people <laughs> who would Some definitely other, not win. Women do we have? I don't know. Some some Sh- women. Got, yeah. Abaddon. Remember uh <laughs> the nearly Halloween, ones. eh? Put her in there. Yeah. It's yeah. Was there even? I mean, Tony Storm had her. Maybe my money's on Abaddon now. Actually, considering yeah. how close we are to Halloween. Maybe. Oh yeah, that'd be a thing that WWE would do. Um, hey, Halloween Havoc's great. Halloween Havoc was great. Um, Tony Storm had her silent movie. Was that literally the only other women's segment on the entire show as well? There wasn't even like a backstage thing, was there? I mean, Renee Paquette was doing it. Well, Renee, yeah. But <laughs> um, let me have a quick look. I think that was it. I think it was just Tony Storm, and then she came out joining yeah. this as well. Yeah, it's definitely an afterthought. They need to put a hell of a lot more effort into booking this division. The six minutes or so of this match that was also a little bit of a mess ain't gonna cut it. I'm afraid. Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, Anna J, and Abaddon. There you on go. Page. Fine. What's, what's your problem? It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be. Willow, because that doesn't make sense to have babyface versus babyface. Yeah, I want. I don't want it to be sky blue because I feel like she has more conniption to happen. <laughs> Anna J, I suppose you could do that and do more shenanigans with dancing Daniel Garcia and for some reason Daddy Magic, who now hates this gimmick, despite the fact he's <coughs> checks notes Daddy Magic. 
<laughs> I love you, but I'm so confused by this angle. <laughs> Abaddon. It's... Abaddon. She's on fire. Sorry, on the gra- I didn't what? even see that on the graphic. There's electricity, and then Abaddon's just on fire. <laughs> Is anyone else on fire on the graphic? Abaddon, uh, Anna Jay is slightly caught by yeah. off Abaddon. It's, it's stood too it's close. stood too close to the fire, yeah. You don't want to do that. Dude, give it Abaddon for the rest of the season. <laughs> Why not? Put the title on it. Abaddon <laughs> versus Tony Storm. <laughs> there you go. There's a silent movie for you. Um, MJF, remember him? Yeah, dude. He's backstage going, bloody hell, have I got a busy few weeks coming? Uh, and it, Renee's sort of like, yeah. Everything all right? How you feeling? Uh, and here comes Samoa Joe to walk in applauding, saying, look, you don't seem to have any friends. I'll be your friend. And MJF's like, wow, thanks, Samoa Joe. And Joe's like, ah, wait a second. One condition. I want a tile shot. Join the f***ing queue, Joe. <laughs> um, and he says, look, you don't have to answer now. I know I'll get my answer eventually. Uh, and I know you're... A busy man with challenges coming in every direction. You're telling me. <laughs> I like this. Um, would you be friends with Joe if you knew you had to fight him at the end of it? I think if I was MJF, I would. Because yeah. if you can't trust anyone, then the one person you can trust is the person you know you can't trust. And so It looks you... cool hanging out with Joe with all those yeah. like cigar segments and him resplendent in his suits. And he's kicking ass, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to get to the match eventually. But I just like this. as a It's good little move from Joe. Really fits in with the character of what he is right now, like like you say, with a cigar smoking thing. Yeah, just, and he, he knows what he wants. He knows that this is the way to get it. Let's just go get that and to get what I want. You know, I've I've bitched and moaned for a many a time on this podcast about AW losing its way recently, but I will channel my inner Michael Sidgwick in terms hey. of praising the new... That's his book. <laughs> praising the, uh, the interweaving storylines here of not only uh, Adam Cole coming back and going, sorry... Samoa Joe's your best friend now, is he? <laughs> Not only Max Caster being like, Desperate why have you? What, that's what, I'm trying to be your best mate, and this bloke who wants to kick your ass, are you being friends with him? But Roddy Strong being like, you've mugged me off with the guy who... Li- I've got him in this sodding neck because of him! <laughs> I like that. I like it. It's also the thing, like, you saw how long it took him to finally let Adam Cole in and, like, properly become a friends with him. Um, and, like, to like he's keeping Max Caster at... Very much at arm's length, even though he's absolutely desperate to be his friends. Like that's the like like I say, the Samoa Joe thing is the only person. Like if you know, okay, this isn't a friends thing. This is a deal to get to another thing. You can respect that and just trust what that is, and that's the only thing you can Plus, trust because he still doesn't trust people because he's just so pro. Maybe uh, maybe Cole's got him into video games now. Samoa Joe's a video games guy, isn't he? he was he in is, what yeah. was it? Twisted Metal. He was in something that yeah. TV show. Yeah. Was, yeah. was he chucking around Anthony Mackie? Ah, that's the bit I remember. You See, I'm, I'm, you know things. You're I should be on the What Culture Gaming podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. I wouldn't have a fucking clue. <laughs> but shout out to Scott Taylor, who's a big AEW fan. Yeah. And, ooh, can oh. I make the announcement? It's us on socials, isn't it? I have no idea. Uh, I'll, I'll not, just Play. in case. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Telford. <laughs> I didn't say anything. It's not me. Main event time, moving quickly along. <laughs> <laughs> Three tickets remaining. Kazuchika <laughs> um, Okada and Orange Cassidy tagging against Danielson and Claudio. Yep, of course. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> like you do, AEW. It was funny that they did, like, we're going to have a dream match. And, like, Andrade, Danielson, great. Not necessarily a dream match to the extent... So it's like he had this in his back pocket. Like, all right, you don't want that as a dream. How about this is a dream match? Huh? Okada on Dynamite with Orange Cassidy. How about that? Yeah, Danielson and Claudio. Internet. So uh, Danielson and Orange Cassidy start us off. Um, at one point, Cassidy just stood up and tagged Okada. Thank you, dude. Got a great reaction, yeah. of course. Okada comes in, drop toe hold and elbow to Claudio, and he just runs at Danielson, obviously, because of their history, who uh, bails. Um, exchange for forearms and uppercuts between Claudio and Okada. Um Okada body slams him and Cassidy hits the most nonchalant top rope. I can't remember if it was a splash or an elbow drop. He just sort of I think it's a bit of both. locked onto him. Uh, but Danielson comes back with a diving knee drop to take us to picture and picture. Uh, Cassidy gets isolated, whole uh, commercial break. Comes back though, sends Claudio outside. 
uh, but he takes too long to get over the hot tag and gets cut off again by Claudio, uh, who tries to pull him up by the neck, but gets countered into a DDT. They're both down. They both get to their corners. You know what that means. Danielson and Okada come in. Philly crowd, holy sh, left, right, and center. They lose their minds, understandably. Chops, forearms, brutal-looking shots. Um, Okada ducks some strikes. It's a charging back elbow and a spiking DDT for a two-count on Danielson. Uh, Danielson counters a tombstone, I think. Stomps his arm and yells he's going to break Okada's arm because of obviously what happened. Um, does the kicks, but Okada ducks that home run shot of his. Uh, but Danielson counters a schoolboy into a label lock. Okada has to use a roll-up to get out of it. They both get up. Danielson misses the Busaiku knee. Okada misses the Rainmaker. Um, then they just start chopping the crap out of each other again with forearms as well. Uh, they collide in the center. In comes Class- Cassidy and Claudio. I love their dynamic, these two. Yeah. I've got to say, um, Sitch made a really good point. Of, <laughs> arguably in a match featuring Danielson and Okada, I was more excited about watching Claudio and Cassidy get yeah. into it. The sequence that you're about to go through was incredible. So there's a crossbody from Cassidy, and then he starts doing his lazy kicks, and Claudio's like, come on. And then he just, Cassidy just slowly gets more and more wound yeah. up. He's like, no, I'm fired up now. He starts kicking the crap out of him. Cassidy, well, sorry. Yes, Cassidy goes for the tilt world DDT, but C- Claudio powers out of it and goes for the giant swing, but Cassidy counters that, and like, Scala was like, counter, counter, counter. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is so awesome. Good. Counters into the Stun Dog Millionaire. Tornado DDT gets a two count. Danielson makes the save. He and Okada spill to the outside. And then, hang on, I barely use this all podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes to the orange punch. And the human horse, in the words <clears throat> of Kevin Steen, Claudio Castagnoli, just goes, no, nope. giant swing time. And then he speeds up halfway through. Insane. So Puts him in the sharpshooter. Okada breaks it up. Air raid crash. Uh, Okada hits his top rope elbow drop. Does the pose, which then was combined with a Cassidy hug. Oh, my God. Yeah, I for that. <laughs> Danielson breaks it all up with a top rope drop kick. Cassidy hits an orange punch on Danielson into a rainmaker. Oh, my God. Claudio makes the save. Okada gets hit with the springboard uppercut by Castagnoli. It's a massive pop-up uppercut on Orange Cassidy to get the one, two, three. Great stuff. Really, really good fun. Really fast-paced, just nuts action. And like you say, the Orange Cassidy, Claudio, Castagnoli bits were just amazing. That, like, because it was like a tilt-a-whirl, and then he stopped in mid-tilt-a-whirl to, like, spine-buster him in, straight, it, yeah. straight into the uh, giant swing. And then he lifted up out of the giant swing into the Slumdog Millionaire. And then it's like, oh. well, how are you chaining these things together? They don't, like... You know when you can like picture a move going into another move. This was just like no, not that move. Stop it midway just into a brute different move. core strength. Isn't so it? so good. Um, I think my favorite part of which is mad. Like the favorite part of the whole match, including Daniel, like Brian Danielson, Okada, Claudio Castagnoli, <laughs> was that Orange Cassidy did not look out of place in the middle no. of all of that at no. all, and he didn't look out of place in the middle of it whilst also still being Orange Cassidy, like not diminishing any part of his character work mm. throughout the match at all. It was just, he was Orange Cassidy, but on the sort of level of, like, three of possibly the, like, the greatest wrestlers in the world yeah. right now. And it, and it just didn't look out of place at all. He held his own in there. He used the character work to the betterment of the match. He made himself stand out through it, but he also, like, um, like just kept his own energy with mm. it. But also, then, like you say, with the lazy kicks, just getting stronger and stronger. Oh. It was just so good, like, just hanging with the absolute best of them. Um, yeah, I loved it. So... Cassidy and Claudio next week for the international title. Love that. Yep. And I understand what they were doing at the end, to a certain extent, yep. of Danielson being like, don't again, you prick. He's clutching his face this time, obviously. Yeah. There was, and there was, I understand, you know, there's the, a the stare down. You've got, um, not only uh, have you got the BCC, Mox is there, you is there, obviously. On the other side, you've now got, uh, you've got best friends, Statlander, Hook, Rocky Romero, they're all out there to check on Orange Cassidy. And I, I think you know, there's a Uter and Hook thing, I yeah. think, there. I get what they were going for. It just, I don't know, I I, I didn't get the, quite the intensity. It felt a bit flat, the, the close of this. Yeah, I think it's either gone, like in my, my head, it's gone one of two ways. It's either they had more 
time remaining on TV than they thought they did at oh, the end yeah. of the match. So they've kind of had to like fill that time a little bit. Or it's someone's like gave them all the cue that the cameras had turned off and that they'd, like, they'd gone home a bit early. Yeah. Because it was like, because Brian was selling loads on the outside and everyone was gathered around him. But then it's like, it wasn't that he stopped selling or anything, obviously. Mm. But like, he just, he changed the way he was facing like it back into the ring and stuff. And it was like, is uh, as, does he think that the cameras have like <laughs> turned off here? Um, and I think like his selling was really well done. Like um, everyone gathering around him and like the doctors and things really really good but it just like it just lingered that little mm. bit too long and it's it just feels like either like i say they thought the cameras were off and that was it or like they just had to pad for time <laughs> a little bit longer than they thought either way a fun night at the lick your ass center in philadelphia <laughs> huh okay is that what he's calling it hey we're gonna be in philadelphia soon aren't we definitely yes definitely huh? definitely 100% hey? definitely manifest manifest come on <laughs> Um, but let us know your thoughts on AEW Dynamite, either in the comment section or on X at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Phil Chambers at Phil My Chambers. You can follow Adam at. Oh, Hello. see, they never do this for me. <laughs> at Adam Wilborn. You can follow our producer at. It's Adam Nicholas. It's Adam Nicholas, in case the uh, mics didn't quite pick that one up. Uh, what Culture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We are going to be the three of us. Hello. Live on YouTube, 2.30 p.m. tomorrow. Ooh, yeah. live, live production meeting. Well, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> Do join us uh, for that one. And there may not be, but there may still just be time to get tickets. Because as I said before, Phil, you know, we've got... Tickets, bitch. Left. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Right. Uh, three <laughs> tickets left for our live show. Whatculture.com forward slash... Tickets. Do join us for that on the 21st of November at the beautiful Mosaic Tap in Newcastle upon Tyne. Oh, I saw Hamlet share a picture of one of their beers the other day. I've got to be careful. Creamy. I'm going to be getting very giddy at that show. <laughs> Do join us for that one. Uh, but for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Review. My thanks to Phil Chambers, to our wonderful producer, Adam Nicholas. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 